Thanks for listening to the Three Strands podcast. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit us at threestrands.church. Very honored this morning uh, that Larry Frisbee has come here to be with us. And so uh, Larry's somebody who has had an influence on my life. Uh, When I first got out of college uh, and graduated, I went to Whitley City First Baptist Church where he was the youth minister. And... um, kind of got to learn from him in several different areas, you know, and he wasn't intimidated by some hotshot guy out of college coming into youth ministry. He just kind of took me under his wing and said, let me guide you and show you uh, how to do these things. So we went on a mission trip to Tucumcari, New Mexico that he led, and uh, he just kind of modeled for me what, what it looks like to do youth ministry, how to be a good dad and a husband all at the same time. And uh, he left there and went to Campbellsville, Kentucky, and, and pastored a church for several years. And then now is a missionary, of course, to Cuba. Has a wonderful family. And if there's one thing I can say about uh, Larry, he's just been faithful throughout every step of his life. Whether it was here in Campbellsville, now to Cuba, uh, just following the Lord. I am Larry Frisbee. And like Kenny said, I lived here from, from January uh, 1994 until, two, until August of 2000. And it was my privilege to be here uh, in McCrary County. Some of you I know, some of you I don't know. Some of you were in grade school when I was here. And some of you have grown up to be old men, Daryl. Just to let you know. And I do want to tell this story on Debbie. She has wrecked two of my cars. And uh, I think it was two, wasn't it? Just one? Okay, just one, just one of my cars, and I still love her, and uh, we have done a lot of things together, and Kenny was right. We did a lot of mission trips from here. Our scope of ministry in Cuba, we are ministering to pastors, we are ministering to churches, and we minister to the lost. Make no mistake. In everything that we do, it is to bring lost men, women, boys, and girls to Jesus Christ. In everything that we do. Uh, So far, we have been moving across the island. Uh, I did not list list these in orders, but uh, Santiago, Guantanamo, Baracoa, Maicea, and Bayamo uh, is where we have been so far. Uh, we will move into Ogin's uh, Espiritu Santo, uh, Camelway, and, and move on across the island. We minister to the eastern half of Cuba. If you were to lay out Cuba uh, from uh, Miami going up to uh, uh, Chattanooga, it would be uh, it would extend all the way through Chattanooga and and into Tennessee. That's how long the island is. It is a beautiful tropical island. Uh, We go and stay there. We we come and go six times a year generally, except for this past year, as you can imagine. Nobody was leaving the the United States or coming into the United States hardly at all. And uh, it has some pristine beaches. It, It is a beautiful place. We... We love to go to the beach when we find time. It also has some uh, beautiful mountain mountain areas, and uh, it is just it is just this is Baracoa drive through the mountains, 
in Baracoa. Uh, Cuban life, I want to talk to you just a little bit about this. This is the way that it is right now. If you are a medical doctor, you make a whopping $60 a month. That is what a medical doctor makes. Now, let me just explain to you what that will buy because your jeans and your shirts and your tennis shoes are going to cost just as much as they do here in the United States. Cars are probably three times the price of what they are here in the United States. So whatever you paid for your car, just imagine it being three times the price, and that's what it would be in Cuba. And uh, so nurses make $40, bus drivers 30 teachers 21 And when, when a man surrenders his life to preach the gospel, he is cut off from any kind of income from the Cuban government, and he makes absolutely nothing from the Cuban government. That's what happens to the pastors there in Cuba. Now, there is a food notebook that they receive, and uh, every Cuban gets this, including the pastors. They get a they get a monthly allotment of rice and beans and sugar and coffee and salt and cooking oil, and every fifth and every 15 days, eggs and some meat. Now, some of these rations have been short during this COVID-19 pandemic, and even the rations have now been rationed. And uh, so they are, are having a hard time right now making ends meet there in Cuba. Uh, let's move right along here. Um, our ministry, like I said, is the eastern part of Cuba, and uh, we go, if you, if you look at Cuba, it's kind of like a, go back one more, yeah, that, that's good enough. Uh, it, it, is, it looks like an alligator, and you can see the tip of it uh, just, just beyond Baracoa, and uh, that is where my sea is, and, and we kind of started right there and moving across, and we stayed generally in Santiago. Uh, there is a house there at the seminary that they have given me to live in, and uh, that was pretty gracious of the seminary to do that. And uh, we have been moving across, and we are now in Bayamo. We will move up into Oguin, Las Tunas, and like I said, we'll start move, keep moving across the island. That is if our ministry has not changed uh, this year. Um, we started our ministry off in Santiago at River of God uh, church. That was Pastor, that's Pastor Alexander and his wife, Selene. And this church is just meeting in, I guess, what you call a carport. It's what, what we would call it uh, if we were looking at it. But it's, it's out in behind where we are building now the new church. And uh, this place will seat approximately 200 there. And when we started going there, it was running about 60, and now it runs somewhere over 200. We really don't know what the numbers are uh, because they have services on, on, uh, on uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and, and Sunday night. Um, it, is a, it is an exciting church. It is a growing church, obviously, and uh, we are privileged to be a partner with that. River of God on Sunday morning is all children's program. If you are at River of God this morning, it will be all children there, except for the teachers and the workers. 
Now, the children's program consists of worship. It also consists of a craft, and they will feed them some sort of a snack. So you workers that are working with children here, I want you to realize how much different it is there because this service will last anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours, maybe even two and a half hours on Sunday morning. It is a wonderful time getting there. Now, when we leave and, and we go and do our ministry in other areas, and this is the road to Guantanamo. As we were, this is a new washout from, well, it's an old washout now, but, but it was a new washout as we were going there. And, and the travel is very difficult. We needed to go 50 miles, and it took us two and a half hours to go 50 miles. Uh, there's no gas stations, no rest areas. There are, there's a, a bathroom along the way. And so when you, when we are traveling, when we stop the car, we expect you to get out and go to the bathroom because there's not going to be another one for a while. So uh, that's just kind of the way it is there. And we explain that to, to our mission teams as they come over. Now, when we got to Guantanamo, we were going to do a, a pastor's wives conference. And when we get there, we have a, a lively worship uh, time. Uh, they believe that worship is an aerobic exercise. Just so, so you, you could not just sit here and, and worship in Cuba. And if you went to Cuba, you'd say, well, they're not going to get me to, to worship like that. Yeah, they will. They will get you to worship. I mean, they'll get you to jumping up and down. And, and uh, I mean, the Spirit of God starts working and moving. And uh, you'll find yourself at least doing some swaying back and forth. You know, the Bible says it's okay to dance before the Lord. Did you know that? Hello. I mean, it's okay to do that. And so we, we, we have a, a pastor's and, and a wives' conference. And we generally separate them. This, these are the wives um, from, uh, from Guantanamo. They met with my wife and Charlene, and they were able to do some crafts and, and have a Bible study. And uh, the men also met together, and uh, we, did, uh, we did worship there. Now, this is Barakoa. We moved from, from uh, Guantanamo and on up into Barakoa. Uh, again, we have some spirited worship the next day, the next morning, and... Uh, uh, we have our pastors and wives conference. We just repeat what we did in Guantanamo. I, I wanted to show you this slide here of the pastors and, and, and the wives here in Botacoa. These are little dresses that are made out of pillowcases. There's a lady in Pennsylvania uh, that, that we met, and the, she just takes pillowcases and makes little dresses. Uh, and we take those with us, and, and of course, Obviously, they give those to the, to the girls. They, they really do appreciate those, those little dresses. Now, Diana, you'll, you'll see her right here. Her, they were new in, in the ministry. Her husband had just graduated uh, the seminary, and he went to pastor in Botacoa. But when he went to pastor in Botacoa, he did not pastor a church. He pastored four churches. While we were there, her husband was in the hospital with a bleeding ulcer. Now, I, you know, I've pastored. Uh, I, I know where life is at, and, and uh, I understand that, 
that this is a marvelous church. This is, this is a great church, and I, and I know that, that your pastor loves you, and, and you obey his voice when he speaks. You are just ready to jump right on board. I mean, this $3,000 that you need for, for the building fund, no problem. Amen? Amen. Wow. This $3,000 that you need for the, for the building fund, this is no problem. He's going to ask for it, and he's going to get it. Amen? Amen? See, that's the ulcer part. When you don't hear the, the amens and, and different things, people, people are, are sitting there. And, and I've been in ministry a long time. I, even the church that I started and pastored for, for 18 years, they would sit there with their arms crossed and say, all right, Brother Larry, take your best shot. See if you can bless me. Just see if you can, uh, can reach me. And you get up there and you preach the word of God, and sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't. Right, Tara? I don't know where you are, but I'll, I'll call out your name. You know that I won't have a problem with that. But, uh, I mean, it's just, it, it, it gets tough sometimes because there's stuff that needs, that needs to happen. Do, do, do you know what Jesus has done for you? This is, a, this is free right now. This is not a part of this, this message right here. Jesus literally moved heaven and earth so that he could come here, be born of a virgin. We had the privilege of walking outside and seeing what was called the Bethlehem star to line up this year. How many of you were able to do that this year? Just raise your hand. Yes. You know, some, they asked me, says, did you go outside and see that? I said, no, I'm going to catch the next one. Amen? How many of you are going to catch the next one? It's 800 years from now. And if you're going to catch the next one, I want to tell you something. You better know Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. You, we'll get to rule and reign with him, and we will be able to catch the next one together. Jesus will move heaven and earth for you so that you can be saved, so that you can be a part of his kingdom. He'll do everything for you. He loves you so much. Let's move on. Uh, at, the, uh, at any conference that we do, we always have fellowship. This is something that they enjoy. Now, the average Cuban gets meat, uh, used to get meat about three times a week, um, and that was, a real, that was really good for them. In, in this particular meal, we gave them three different kinds of meat. And then there, there's always this mystery meat. Nobody really, well, I would say that they know what it is. We do not. They say if you like it, eat it. If you don't, then just leave it alone. But there is a mystery meat. I eat it because I want them to think that I am Cuban along with them. But uh, they enjoy this time together. They do not have the opportunity as pastors and, and the pastor's wives to get together like this and enjoy a time together. Some of these are living way up into the mountains. I just got a, I just got a video from Pastor Joey, and he's li- he was going and ministering way up in the mountains. This is the average Meal, you'll see that little piece of meat there, some rice, 
uh, and beans. We would have beans and rice, but they have rice and beans and uh, some, some yucca and guacamole. Uh, they will, the, the avocado, they will, they will eat that. So uh, this is the average meal uh, for a Cuban when they are actually having meat. Uh, this next slide. This is a church that was blown down by Hurricane Matthew. I believe, let's see, it was in 2007. In 2007, they started to, to reconstruct it. I, I, can re, I was there when it was uh, uh, basically in shambles. And I have been able to go there several times through, through the stages as they were rebuilding this. They had just finished uh, this church uh, in my sea, and we had our missions conference, pastors, pastors and wives conference there. Uh, this is uh, the time when the ladies got together, and, and, and uh, we were also there for worship. Now, my wife usually does this section, and, and uh, she asked the ladies, out of all the stuff that we give you, what do you appreciate the most? And they held up their toothbrushes and their toothpaste. Now, let me explain something to you. They used their extra money to buy food and what is absolutely necessary for their families. Toothpaste and toothbrushes are luxury items. Bars of soap is a luxury item. Shampoo is a luxury item. They will use other things to, to take showers and, and to clean with. And when we go there and we bring these things to them, they really appreciate it. Uh, right now, there's no antibiotic on the island. You know, our kids scrape, scrape their knees. We put some antibiotic on, on a Band-Aid, slap it on our knee, and we know pretty much it's going to take care of any of the germs. They don't have any of that. They have actually seen Scrapes and cuts like that turn into gangrene because there's no antibiotic on the island. It's, it's very, very tough there. No Tylenol, no ibuprofen. Uh, I got a call for a very strange item. They, they were embarrassed to tell me what they wanted was some Preparation H. And so I, I, we went out and bought some Preparation H, and we're going to take that down there uh, January the 6th. Uh, so... There are just things that are just not on the island. I have actually had calls from a pastor. And he said, can you bring some sutures? And, and they gave me the list of drugs that they needed to do surgery because they could not do the surgery on the pastor because they had nothing to sew him up with. And so we made some emergency calls to some people, and we were able to get some sutures and take those down for, for, the, for the pastor to have his surgery. Thank God, yes, he is still living. Next thing, these are the things that, that you see that they need. Band-Aid, soap, shampoo, vitamin C, uh, all, these, all this list of stuff right here. Uh, pastor has it. If you want to buy some of this, go to the dollar store or whatever and buy some of this stuff and send it to, 
to our ministry, we would be glad to take it down for you. Somebody said that they wanted to go down on a mission trip as, as I sit standing back here. That's the reason why I ask you, do you really want to go down? Because if you do, I'll pack a bag for you so that you can take a lot of this stuff down. This, that's the only way that we have to get down. You say, you can't ship it down there? If we ship it down there, it'll, it'll go through customs. They'll open the bag, and a lot of it will wind up on the black market. And we'll never see it again. So that's why we take it down. Uh, the churches distribute these, uh, the, the medicines there. We believe in healing, Amen. How many of you have ever been healed before? I have. I've been healed. I've gone to the doctor and I've been healed. And the people come to the church to get medicines that they need, that, that the doctors have said that they need, and they come to the church. And, you, and generally, somewhere on the island, when they call one another, they can find the medicine there. And they'll bring it to wherever it is needed. And the church is a place of healing. And with that healing comes the gospel. So mark it down. Everything that we do is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those that need him. It's not just the church that, that we help. We help the island of Cuba, 11 million people on the, on the island of Cuba. And we are reaching out to them in every, every way possible that we can. Now, our ministry is cubanconnection.live. You can go to our website, cubanconnection.live, and there you can see pastor profiles and different things of this nature. And we partner with churches and, and uh, Sunday school classes. We have partnered with you. Fact is, this church was the first ministry that ever partnered with us. And uh, that was uh, about this time of the year. In 2019, we came. And you started partnering with us, very first partner that we had. And I want to thank you so very much. Uh, we have been uh, supporting pastors. This is all going to change as of the first of the year. The, these numbers right here are going to be obsolete next week. And so we're, we're going to be going down there and talking about what can we do to help the people uh, and minister with them. But you have been partnering with, with, a, with, actually with two pastors down there. You have been. And uh, you're probably going to be ministering to another pastor, a third pastor. And uh, we're going we're gonna to up the game there uh, with, with the, some of the money that you gave us this year. Uh, CubanConnection.live, just to let you know who we are. Now, if you have your Bibles... Uh, I want to invite you to uh, turn to the book of Romans, to the book of Romans. I'm not going to preach long, and everybody said, yeah, I'm not going to preach very long. We thank God. Romans chapter 5. I want to share with you. When I was uh, emailing or messaging back and forth with, with Brother Kenny, he told me to, to share with you about our ministry. But he also had a, he asked me three things, wanted to share with you three things. And I've, I've shared two of them with you. But in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, I want you to look. The Bible says, 
Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for being able to share with this church the ministry of Cuba. But Lord, what's next? What is next for for Larry Frisbee? What is next for the island of Cuba? What is next for everyone sitting in the chairs here today? We read this passage and we recognize that we have been justified by faith. We have peace because of the faith that you gave us to trust you. We have love and joy because Jesus came to die on the cross for us. But Lord, what's next? We sit here today in this time of pandemic, in this time of what feels like constraint. Lord, what do you have next for us? Lord, I pray that we would discover that today. In Jesus' name, amen. I uh, remember my first time I went to Cuba. I met with Pastor Alexander. And... uh, He didn't know me. Obviously, I didn't know him. I'm in his home, and he says, we're going to go visiting. I said, great. That's my thing. That's what I do. And he goes, we're going to go visiting some of, the, some of the older folks in church. I said, what are we going to do after that? And he goes, I don't know, whatever you want to. We're speaking through, through the interpreter. He, he spoke no English. I speak no Spanish. Uh, but I have a tremendous interpreter. His name is Jose. And uh, he just, he's right there with me all the time. And so we're chatting and we go make the three or four visits that he had. And he says, what do you want to do now? Well, on the way to these houses, everybody in this community of about 40,000 people, that's what he has in his neighborhood not in his city. That's what he has in his neighborhood, about 40,000 people. There's, there's, there's these high rises, and this is where the people live, and, and they, they bring all their stuff. We were walking down the street, and they were cutting up a pig right there in front of God and everybody. I mean, just guts and blood everywhere. They were cutting it up, and there they would, they would lay the pig, and then you could buy it right there. I can remember being in church one time, and I heard... <laughs> I thought somebody, some, some lady is being killed right now. That's what it sounded like a lady screaming. And I said, what in the world is that? And they said, that's your supper tonight. And uh, I was like, wow. You know, it's just, it's a different place. It's a different culture. Uh, chickens, they, you know. How many of you ever cut a chicken's head off? A few of you have. How many of you ever rang a chicken's neck? 
few less. I can remember Grandma taking the hatchet and cut, cutting the chicken's head off, and they'd run around the yard without a head. And then it would, it would finally die, and she'd go over and pick it up and start plucking the feathers off of it, and that was supper tonight. That's over in Estill County, Kentucky. It's not like it was a different world. It was, it was right here in Kentucky. And people still do that. My son-in-law, two weeks ago, went out to the chicken coop and brought them out two by two. Sounded scriptural to him. He brought them out two by two and killed them and slaughtered them there on the table. And the chickens started seeing two missing, two missing, two not coming back, and two missing. And the chickens were getting kind of nervous, and everything was strange in the chicken coop. It'd be the same way with you. If you have a large family and somebody comes and gets one, and they come back and get another one, they didn't bring the other one back, what's going on? Well, they're being slaughtered. That's the way it is in Cuba. That's their way of life. So that's laying out there. People are out there on the street. I have things back here in the back that, that they sell as vendors. They, they have stuff that they sell on the street. And I was walking by there, and, I, and they, said, they told me, Brother Larry, when you're out here on the street, you cannot share Jesus Christ just openly with anybody. I said, I can't share with anybody? Not unless they ask you. And I said, really? I said, that reminds me of a story. They said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I'm fixing to explain it to you. So I walked uh, up to this guy. He had a fruit stand. And I said, what a marvelous fruit stand. This fruit stand reminds me of a story. And the guy looked at me and he says, really? I said, absolutely. I said, would you like to hear it? Yes, I would. They just invited me to share with them. Amen? Amen. So I said, there is a person by the name of Jesus Christ. This story is found in the Bible. And he will not just give you fruit to sustain life. He will give you the fruit of the Spirit. And from there I shared Jesus with them and invited him to come to church tonight. And I did that with everybody that was selling fruits and vegetables and everybody, everybody on the street that was, that was selling that kind of thing. I walked up to somebody, and uh, he was working with, with wood. Uh, actually, what he was making was tambourines. And, uh, I, and I looked at him, and I said, you know, when I see you making these things, it reminds me of a story. How many of you know the story I'm going to tell? Oh, well, let me tell you what the story is. I, and I said, would you like to hear that story? And he said, well, yes, I would. He just invited me to share a story with him. I said, there's a guy that used to work with wood, and his name was Jesus. He was a carpenter like his dad. And I said, and he died on the cross for you. Everywhere I went, I just looked, and I was just trying to relate a story. And I would ask him, and people are naturally curious this reminds me of a story. Would you like to hear it? And the pastor was like, he's crazy. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's getting everybody to invite them. He says, we're going to be out here for hours. And we were. 
We were out there for hours. It was 95 degrees, and there was probably not a dry spot on my shirt because fat people sweat a lot. And uh, I was just out there sharing Jesus. I was having fun sharing Jesus with people. We came upon a guy. And they were working on their motorcycle. And I asked them, I said, what's going on? I said, oh, we were racing the motorcycle and, and out, uh, and, and, and it broke down and different things of this nature. And I says, well, my goodness. I said, well, that's, that's really interesting. And the pastor says, you're, you know, I could see it. He, you're stumped now, aren't you? And I'm sitting there, and I, and I am thinking, I mean, I'm like, how am I going to relate a motorcycle story to, to the Bible? And all of a sudden, I said, this reminds me of a story. And even my interpreter went, what? <laughs> this reminds you of a story? And he told him, it reminds him of a story. I said, would you like to know the story? These guys, are, they all laid their, their uh, tools down. And they looked at me and said, yes, we'd like to know the story. I said, the story is found in the Bible. There's a guy by the name of Jehu that drove his chariot furiously. And I said, and God gave him a mission. And I mean, he got on that chariot, and when they saw him off in the distance, they said, that must be Jehu, because he driveth his chariot furiously. And he had a mission for God, and I, too, have a mission for God. I ride motorcycles like you. And I ride my motorcycle and I tell men and women, boys and girls, about Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. And he died on the cross for you. Mark it down. Everything that we do in Cuba is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care if we're administering medicine I don't care if we're out walking in the street. I don't care what, it, and, and the pastor got this worried look on his face as we had been out there for two years, and I asked Jose, I said, what is wrong with Pastor Fife? And uh, he talked to me, he says, Larry wants to know what's, what's wrong. Why are you looking this way? He says, Jose, if Larry keeps doing this, we are not going to have enough seats at the church to hold the people. And when he told me that, I just lit up and said, praise God. Are you saying some of these people are going to show up? He says, most of these people will show up to hear what you have to say. I said, well, we'll just have to fix that when we get back. So I was at the furthest point when he was worried and now I'm walking back to the church, and guess what I'm doing all the way back to the church? This reminds me of a story. That reminds me of a story. This reminds me of a story, and I'm sharing Jesus with people and inviting them to church tonight. That's all that I'm doing, just relating a story. I want you to know that you have a story to tell. Kenny asked me, what is my next steps? What do you need to do next? My next step is your next step.
My next step is this church's next step. And the next step is this. To make a commitment to share Jesus Christ with men, women, boys, and girls. That's what you need to do. To commit your lives to sharing Jesus with people. To make sure that you do it no matter where you go. If the person is serving you from across the counter, you can look at them and say, this reminds me of a story. Reminds me of the story of Mary and Martha who are always busy about serving Jesus. And I want to invite you to come to to Three Strands Church and to hear about Jesus. Wherever you go, things ought to remind you of a story. In the Bible. I hope you're reading your Bible. Everything. Life is about Jesus. So what's my next step? To make sure that in everything that I do in Cuba, it is about sharing Jesus with lost men, women, boys, and girls. Let's pray together. Father, as we come before you, this time together reminds me of a story. It reminds me of the time when Jesus stood out over Jerusalem. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you in. you would not. God, I pray that everyone here under the sound of my voice this morning would recommit their lives to sharing Jesus with those around them. Would recommit their lives to bringing people to this church so that they can hear the unsearchable riches that are found in you. God, you are amazing. You are the greatest story ever told. The God who came down and gave his life for a wretch like me. Father, I worship you today and I honor And God, today, in front of these people, the last Sunday of the year, I want to recommit my life publicly to sharing Jesus with people, to leading churches, to share Jesus with people. Oh, God. Help us to be busy. You said, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Lord, if we're following you, we ought to be fishing. I love you today, and I recommit my life in 2021 to sharing Jesus with as many men, women, boys, and girls as I possibly can. That's my next step. 
portion in Jesus' name that I come.